Good morning and welcome to Wednesday morning, October the 26th in 2022 on When I Rise. Today we continue year C, proper week 26, which is the 21st Sunday after Pentecost. And on the Wednesday of the week, we'd like to pick up one of the extra passages, the auxiliaries, if you will, that uh, come to us from this week in the church's calendar year from the Revised Common Lectionary. And so there's a couple to choose from. I thought we'd go with another psalm this week. So Psalm 32, verses 1 through 7. So let me read that passage. We've got a couple points for reflection. And then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making this party morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Psalm 32 of David, a Maskil. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me, my strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble, and surround me with songs of deliverance. This is the word of God for us. So I thought I would surprise some of you regular listeners uh, with the music behind the reading of the passage. I have no idea what a maskil was. It's a we think it's a literary term, or sorry, not literary, but a musical and liturgical term. And so um, it was just my best guess on what a maskil was. So something like a little bluesy, something that's got a little bit of a hip hop into it. Uh, hopefully, I've done it justice. I also, just think it's good to kind of surprise you every now. Hey, Psalm 32 has got some interesting things to teach us. The overall structure of it is interesting. It's a, it's a blessing psalm uh, where there is this promise of blessing. It's also got like a teaching element to it. And it's got a bit of a call and response. Uh, you and I will notice that verses 1 through 7 seem to be in the, the, the words of the penitent, of someone who is laying themselves low and asking for God to forgive them even though they are a sinner. And then there is a pivot in verse 8. It says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Now, particular Bible I'm using, nothing um, unusual about this Bible, uh, but for whatever reason it doesn't put verses 8 and 9 and 10 or 11 in quotation marks. Uh, but it probably should uh, somehow delineate or denote that this appears to be God speaking in response to the penitent plea of the worshiper in verses 1 through 7. So, did the Bible get it wrong? No, I just think that the people would have um, understood this. I think that this was probably performed where somebody was singing or reading, and then a different voice would be singing or reading the last several verses and that pivot uh, between verses uh, 7 and 8, right? 
But a cool thing happens in the beginning. There are three different images for how sin is dealt with in the life of the believer. Okay, so first it says, blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven. That word literally means in the Hebrew to be lifted up. So this idea of like a sin being like weighed upon the shoulders, right? Someone struggling under the weight of carrying something. Think about that time when you're carrying something across a field and you thought, oh, this is going to be no big deal. I should be able to handle it. And then you get like halfway across the field and you're like, oh man, this is heavier and a lot further than I had originally calculated. And with nonverbals, you're like sending out to the universe, could someone please come and help me, right? And when somebody comes and picks up the other end of the thing, you're like, oh, what a relief that is. Like that's what it would be uh, expressed here. The next phrase, whose sins are covered, right? We talked about that a couple days ago where um, sin had all these different metaphors, a weight, a stain, but this idea of a, of a stain that can be covered over so that there's not this sense of shame and embarrassment because of the wrongdoing. And then finally, blessed is the one, verse 2 says, whose sin the Lord does not count against him. So like there's a pausing of the ledger writing. Um, I'm thinking about that scene in Harry Potter for those um, who didn't grow up in a church where they banned that book, I guess. Uh, but when he goes to Gringotts, the the big bank with all the elves, right, and uh, or the dwarves, what are those things called? They're kind of creepy creatures. And there's like all these accounting mechanisms, and they're constantly counting. And there's like this click, clack, click, clack. You know, all of this, you know, weighing out of things. And what happens if all of it stops? Like there is no anxiety in the room now. Like someone's not keeping copious notes of all of our mistakes, right? And there's a relief when we know that uh, the choice that we've made, that we're not, not going to be held against us forever. I mean, God is going to reason with us and we're going to settle with God. But then after that, it's all over. I remember talking to a friend of mine. He was um, involved in a church and his church was big. And uh, they were constantly, um, you know, bringing new leadership on to deacons and elders. And it also like this expansive sports ministry. Right. And so my friend was interviewing to become a deacon. Like he was encouraged to apply. So he applied at this tense meeting and they had this folder. And in the folder, there was like this occasion 12 years before, 12 years before, where somebody wrote a complaint that as he was coaching his son's little league basketball team, that he got his temper got the best of him. And so a note was taken down. It was put in a file, and that file was brought out. And the panel of evaluation had already made up their minds what they were going to do with my friend, even before they were able to get a chance to interview him or to talk to him, to witness maybe even a progress in his life. There was this record against him. Right? Imagine the file going away and how how liberating that would be because of that. And that liberating sense that we like, we've gotten off scot-free and uh, we get to now return to the things that we used to do. But it's like, no, there's no longer a record because the person who's watching over me, they know that I'm not going to repeat it. They know that I'm not going back there. Therefore, they don't need to have leverage on me in order to motivate me. But something is happening deep within me. So, Man, like there's just so much that's powerful 
and poignant. It's to say evergreen for the human condition here in the first few verses of Psalm one, Psalm 32. But then there's this plea from verses 3 through 7. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long for day and night. Can you hear that? Like some youngsters, don't you hear it like, don't you have that Drake song, Day and Night? Anyways, uh, for day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. So in a time of pressure, God is using that time of pressure to transform this person, right? So what does this mean? I think this, I, I heard a great sermon once um, comparing what the Inuit tribes do when they catch a whale. Like they use every single part of that whale. Like they don't just take one part of it and discard the rest leave it to the elements but they use um, the tusks uh, or you know they use the teeth they use the skeletal system of course they use uh, the meat uh, for certain things to feed the family they use you know all the parts of this uh, great whale like nothing goes to waste so in the same way like God doesn't allow anything to be wasted in our lives so like in our victories and our defeats like all of it belongs like it's all heading somewhere right so we're not just aimlessly walking through life we're not just getting through another day we're not just tra- you know we're not just traversing another 7 day work week right we are heading somewhere and that heading somewhere it there's a lot of things involved including us reasoning with our god settling with our god because of our sin like in those times of pressure it's understanding that something is happening within me that would not happen any in any other occasion in this time of pressure so therefore it's not going to be wasted right so you and i wake up today whether we like are totally focused on it or not everything will be on purpose today and i'm not just saying like everything's ordered meticulously but everything is going to belong like it's all going to be useful if we allow it uh, to shape us to form us and to allow it to make us have within us a heart that is responsive towards god which wouldn't that be the great goal of life is to be responsive towards God? So with that in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you today that our transgressions are forgiven, that our sins are covered, and that our sins are not counted anymore. We thank you that we have been brought into the family of God, that we're free and forgiven, that we are an exodus people. We've gone out of bondage into a, a spacious place where there is an abundance of life. God, we confess to you that we haven't earned this on ourselves, but we have thrown ourselves on your sheer grace. We also think that in a mystery, you're using our lives for the outworking of your great story. God, we confess to you at times that we are distracted from being a part of that story. We want to be part of some other micro story, something that uh, doesn't pertain to the great big questions and the great big story out there. And so God, forgive us when we have lost our way, when we have missed the mark. God, so we cry out to you, and even during a season of pressure, like the psalmist appears to be um, experiencing at the time of the writing of this psalm, pray that we not take our eyes off you, uh, that we wouldn't blame you for the things that we're going through. Neither will we try to do it on ourselves and not lean upon anyone else. But I pray that you teach us to be courageous enough to lean on you and to lean on others that you mobilize and put in place to, to surround us. Because God, we want our hearts um, 
to be pure. We want we, our hearts to be set on pilgrimage of getting closer and closer to you. And so we take the next step today. And we ask you'd help us by your grace to get all the way to the end of this day. And when we lay our head down on the pillow, we think about the day that we are thrilled when we review how we've sensed, sensed your nearness in the hours ahead. So God be with us as we set out for that task. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.